0: cake
1: yes i have cake and also i have chobani has this creamsicle line and like amazing oh okay it's my favorite welcome everyone to bottomless broadway where we talk musicals over mimosas or really sad breakfasts (laughs) at 12 30 p.m as you guys probably know we are wrapping up our discussion on this tony season's tony eligible musicals some of which we already know aren't happening but it's fine um and this week we are going to talk about jukebox musicals
0: everyone's favorite genre of broadway musical i'm sure
1: honestly before they were overdone they were perfect and by they you mean just jersey boys mostly just jersey boys
0: there were some motown's good Motown is good. Well, so the two big ones this season, um, now that we've already talked about Head Over Heels, has been The Share Show and Ain't Too Proud. So do we want to start with five words for Ain't Too Proud? Yeah, go ahead. We didn't actually get tickets. <laughs> so <laughs> Ain't Too Proud. What is up with that's that? the new most popular musical for, I don't even know what demographic is seeing this, because it's like... Basically sold out on every weekend to the point where they're just not even doing rush anymore. And they canceled their lottery most days, also. So we're just poor millennials who can't get full price tickets.
1: I think it's cause the temptations really are that big. I remember like back before everyone knew it was a musical and it was like just announced. I was telling people at work and like all these people at work were like, Oh, Temptations is my favorite Motown band.
0: But they already had the Motown musical. I know, but yeah. this one's
1: temptation specific. I probably don't know any songs, but
0: that's fine because now I know all the Jersey Boy yeah. songs. Yay for Jukebox musicals teaching us songs, <laughs> culturing us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so then we'll just get into the share show. Do you have five words for the share show? Oh,
1: man. Um, snake dancing and feathery dresses sure (laughs) is all I remember from this show
0: (laughs) the costumes were a definite highlight I think in an interview they said there were 600 costumes and fuck there was one point where they were fucking
1: with themselves they were just like oh costume 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 when they just like kept Mm -hmm. changing
0: all right so my five words would be second act really got better um because when I was watching it first act I was kind of bored to be honest I was like um okay that's cool and then the second act I was just like I think they just fixed a ton of shit and they got it working
1: I don't understand how the first act was so boring actually okay
0: let me really quickly
1: just like half recap what happened because I barely remember because I was sleeping but (laughs) the Cher show is about you know Cher um and it kind of like talks about her early life when she was like leaving home and finding success, meeting Sunny, um, and it really, like, encapsulates encapsulates all of her career, not just, like, her musical career, but, like, her movie and stage and radio and TV, um, and just everything she's done, like all jukebox musicals, and I don't understand how the first act was so boring, because like coming out of it, I was like, I guess not everyone can have a very exciting life because I was comparing it to Donna Summer because of how similar this was structured, structured to Summer. And I was like, well, Summer actually went through some shit. She was like domestically abused and blah, blah, blah. And none of that happened for Cher. She was just like, I don't have enough time with my kids. I'm like, that's probably true of my parents. (laughs) Um, So I was like, um maybe she's just she just didn't have an interesting life and they did the best that they could with it but honestly like someone with her achievement should have right and it just confuses me and I'm wondering if part of it is because she had a lot of say over the script mm-hmm. so she just like cut out the dirty bits
0: so a couple things to say on that like I think they tried to portray the show as like this is Cher and early life Cher is like Cher's life is, like, dominated by Sunny, who was her music partner and husband. And he basically ran the company that they founded. He handled all the money. And they tried to spin this show as, like, a Cher was this woman who, like, grew up with her life controlled by men. And it's kind of about her, like, taking back control of her life and, like, creating her own brand and her own image after she had already been, like, under the thumb of this man and kind of, like, a few other people but also I feel like if they really wanted to spin that angle they should have hired a female book writer who is the book writer So the book writer for the share show is Rick Ellis who actually also wrote the book for Jersey Boys like remember when you were like why don't the creative team of Jersey ah. Boys just keep making more and well they've been trying um, And so I mean I think he did a fairly good job in the second half. I definitely felt that there were more emotional stakes then because it also focused more in on her. And like what she was going through. And the first act was kind of just like.
1: I mean, maybe that's it. Um, Is Rick Ellis white?
0: (laughs) Presumably so.
1: Okay. And like Jersey Boys is basically the only known like white guy jukebox musical. So maybe he just related. And they need to find other people like him, but diverse to write these other shows.
0: Also, one thing I don't think we mentioned is that Cher, like Donna Summer, is portrayed by three different actresses. So we have um, Babe Cher, who is the youngest one, and it shows her childhood up until she starts doing comedy. And Lady Cher is mostly the comedy one. And then that ends with her breakup with Sunny. And Star is basically everything after that. Um, So Cher really coming out as her own person. But I feel like they utilize that structure a lot better than Donna Summer because I feel like Donna Summer just did not know what to do with the youngest one. They were just like, and now you can play her daughter. It's fine. It's like, and now you can sing in a church. <laughs> yeah. And they've never really expanded on any of the youngest Donna's storylines. But Cher, um, what they had originally tried to do in Chicago was make it like a variety show and have sort of different sketches and stuff like that because she had sort of made her start in variety shows on tv but the chicago reviews were basically like this is kind of a cool show but just this variety show thing is really hokey because they were filming this variety show about Cher's life but then in Cher's life she's also filming her like actual variety show that was part of her life and they were just like this is really confusing so just get rid of the variety show thing and it'll be fine. and they mostly removed the variety show Stuff, But some of it, you can see remnants of it, like Star will narrate to the audience. They have all these different sort of themed sketches, which work with varying degrees of success. But I think that was interesting, because the different incarnations of Cher can also talk to each other and be like, Oh no, like Sonny was terrible to us. Like, you should definitely break up with him. Your life will get so much better afterwards. Or, like, when she starts in movies, she talks to the um, babe, the youngest one, and she's like, This was always your dream. Like, take over this part and tell this story because this is like what you've always dreamed of. And it sort of has more of that emotional connection running through it when you can sort of see her evolution and how she grew as a person.
1: See, I didn't like that. I already don't want three people mm-hmm. anyway. I've hated that setup. I never wanted it. I would prefer if they just did it with one person. And because of that, I really don't care for it when they talk Mm. to each other. Like when the shares talk to each other, that just like fucks up the whole timeline Mm -hmm. for me. And it happens too much. Like StarShare is literally there all the time. They were probably just like, we need to like make Stephanie Block earn her money. But, like, she's there all the fucking time. And then, like, scenes that I really hate are, like, um, you know, at the very beginning where, like, Babe Cher sees Sunny for the first time and she's underage and really mm-hmm. nervous and he should not be fucking her because it was illegal. She walks up to him and, like, tries to seduce him because she literally needs a place to live <laughs> in L.A., right? Um, and she's, like, freaking out, which I don't know because he's not that cute. So yeah. do freak out. Um, but she's freaking out, and then she's like, um, ah, ah, and then like Lady Share, who's like supposedly like the hot share, like in mm-hmm. her like prime of her youth kind of thing, um, walks up and like seduces Sunny for right. Babe Share, and she's like, "You're welcome," and then just like walks off, and I'm like, "Okay, but yeah, what that really part happened? didn't work
0: for me either?" And another time that happened was the transition between Babe and Lady when she first starts doing comedy, and um, like Sunny wrote all the scripts, and he was like doing the lead up to the joke that she had the punchline to and she was just super nervous and Babe was like, "I." she like had stage fright and Lady was like, oh, and this is what we call a segue and she like taps in and basically continues the show like really well. And that didn't work for me either because especially in scenes like that, I really would like to see the transition of how she learned to like grow and adapt and like sort of become this, person who is confident in herself because she tells us during yeah. this whole show she's like super shy and so but we never get to see her grow out from this like shyness and start to gain this confidence that she has now
1: yeah that's what your biopic should be about like your growth not about who screwed you over
0: mm-hmm.
1: and also like side note some of the short jokes on the comedy shows were pretty funny yeah <laughs> like, I feel like some, like, it was, it was cheesy, but, like, some of it was good. Right. Oh, come on, Cher. Say
0: you'll try comedy. Only if you try singing. That's my girl! Oh!
1: i need to go back to like what you were saying about how it was like her taking Mm -hmm. her life back and stuff and i think because they chose that route she played victim for like (laughs) 1.8 acts and that sucked because she's a diva and it like it's great to know that like she had hardships Mm -hmm. and stuff but it's supposed to be about her growth and her success and um it was very depressing like if you didn't already like live in this society and know that Cher was very very famous I don't think you would have known that she was even successful because the whole thing was like she was overworked criticized broke broke again screwed over by Sonny, screwed over by her dad got screwed over by a bad contract broke again lost an Oscar I was like (laughs) nothing is going well for her and it never gets to a point like yeah they're like oh my god you won something but it never gets to the point where like wow like she really made it keep on just like going back and forth where they're like oh yeah she did something and then she got fucked up
0: I'm like what mm-hmm. like is this share?" yeah and I think that kind of touches on another point I wanted to talk about and this is going to be one of many comparisons we make to Jersey Boys and why it's inferior to Jersey Boys but Jersey Boys works also because they don't assume you have any knowledge of the characters and yeah. which I think like a lot of people liked Frankie Valli and Four Seasons Music but they didn't necessarily know about the particular Different characters of each of the four seasons. But here, I feel like a lot is assumed about the audience, like the audience would know about Cher and the fact that she did comedy and that she had a bunch of TV shows and had a movie. It's a lot of fan service to people who are already fans of Cher. But for us, it just seemed either gratuitous or like not explained well enough or not fleshed out like, and I think of one of the other issues that this did a lot was it didn't seem to know what to expand on and what not to expand on. And That also happened a lot song-wise.
1: Jersey Boys, like you hear me use this term a lot because business school, but Jersey Boys is probably the only jukebox musical that's really like understood and grasped the core competencies of a jukebox musical because when you're watching Jersey Boys like you feel mm-hmm. their passion for music you feel how much they want to succeed and you want them to and you're rooting for them and like that's at the core of it and then that obviously like their personal life and how the band interacts and gets along like all affects that but at the heart of it you're like I want them to succeed like I I see how hard right. they're struggling like that's what it's about and everything since then has not done that it has been a lot of fan service and just like a lot of fluffy stuff
0: and it just feels like the stakes aren't as high i think maybe this is also where ain't too proud could do well um because jersey boys was a group act and so then they had a lot of internal conflicts with each other and obviously when you have that many conflicts like it does raise the stakes because it's not just like they can kick one out they needed all four of them to be there to have this band work And that's
1: that's the thing that I hate about this three Mm -hmm. shares thing, because when like star share keeps coming back on stage to narrate, to talk to the other shares, you know, she succeeded. You know, even though Jersey Boys does start with like their famous French song, like you don't really know what's going on at that point. You're like, huh, what French? Um, And then they really like start at a point where like they're struggling and you don't know if they're going to make it.
0: Yeah, so to sort of bring that to the music. I think in I got you babe, that was the closest they got to like the first hit song. Like they worked really hard for this, but they didn't you didn't really even see them like work hard or like writing the music or anything. Sunny wrote all of their early hits and then later Cher had, had songwriters for her, but you just saw her like be plucked up super fast and like all of a sudden they're superstars in the UK. So I Got new Babe, they did do the full song, I think, which was nice. But a lot of other songs, like the first act kind of ends with um, Bang Bang, My Baby Shot Me Down, which is when she talks to Sunny about like, I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to go home and like be with my child. And you promised me this and this and this, like that we wouldn't have to work this much. And Sunny was basically like, LOL, no, like keep working. And so she sings Bang Bang, My Baby Shot Me Down, which is like fine, But the thing is, it goes on for so long, and the way that they stage it, they have these like fire images in the background, and it's like almost like some femme fatale imagery, which totally just takes away the emotional stakes. And I'm like, I don't feel sorry for her anymore, which I feel like I should be feeling. And then right after that, because this is with Lady now, Star and Babe come on, and they sing literally two lines of Do You Believe in Life After Love? And then they move on. And I'm like, okay, but I wanted to hear that song too. And I think Bang Bang just went on way too long and Believe went on way too short. And I felt like they didn't know how to navigate where to put those songs, which in the finale, they do like come out with sort of a more full-blown version of Believe. And so I think that might be why they didn't do the full song. But like, just compared to Bang Bang, it seemed so short and so like almost insignificant i don't
1: remember the songs in this show (laughs) but usually when i leave a jukebox musical because i really like like older school music so usually when i do that i'm always like looking up like the actual artists original albums and i don't know if i have any share in my music library i feel like i was like okay cool whatever do you
0: believe in life after love can feel something me say I really don't think you strong enough I really don't think you strong enough so the first act is just super uneven with like what the songs are how they tell the story you just don't really care about her that much because you already know she's gonna be famous and like You know what her path is, I guess. Um, You know she's gonna do well in singing. You know, like her and Sunny are gonna actually be famous and not broke. You do actually get the costume parade in this act. Well, first of all, when they do their variety show stuff, when they first start out, they like come onto the stage, they like say a couple one liners, they go off, and there's like a little bit of like dancing to fill the time, and then they come back on in completely different costumes and rinse and repeat, and the quick changes behind the scenes must be insane.
1: That stuff was cool. It was like Elsa over and over and over again.
0: (laughs) And then they have this actual costume show where they just get like everyone in the ensemble in like Bob Mackie costumes as Cher, basically, just to show like some of her iconic looks over the years, which is also fun because um, Bob Mackie, who is Cher's costume designer, actually designed the costumes for the Cher show as well. And so he, like, basically reimagines a lot of his costumes, um, does it to fit the specific people he's dressing. Apparently, they all got, like, custom underwear so that, like, lines wouldn't show in specific oh places God. and all of that stuff. Um, but also, speaking of Bob Mackey, like, he shows up for, I think, exactly two scenes. And, like, he's an important part of Cher's story because he created her image. But the character almost seems excessive, like, because he just, like, comes on, and he's like, oh, look at these costumes I got you, and then he, like, does a fashion show, and then he leaves. Okay,
1: the entire arc on her costumes was, like, not super well done for me, the part where she's like, oh, like, everyone's seeing me a certain way or whatever, so I'm just gonna dress really revealing because Mm -hmm. that's, like, claiming back my body or whatever thing. I feel like they really just, like, phrased that to appeal to current social political state Mm -hmm. and not exactly what happened because it just seemed like so forced Uh um and i feel like they kind of i mean like i'm sure like you know like the costumes were a big thing to her like claiming her image and everything but i felt like there was like more to that included with the designer but like, and also just,
0: like, how she got started with doing these insane costumes, you know? Yeah. Was she the one that was like, oh, I want something crazy? Or was Bob Mackie the one that suggested it? And she was maybe, like, hesitant at first and then decided, like, fuck it. I don't care. They, like, did have a little bit about how they were fighting network censors about being able to wear these costumes on TV. And I think they kind of just did this whole costume thing as, like, a quick one-song montage deal. Which I think it would have been more interesting to figure out where their costumes came from. Yeah, like you don't just start
1: dressing like a peacock because you want to show some side boob. Like, I want to know the story. They don't tell us the stories. I feel like that's what people are curious about because she's so well known for that. And instead, they're just like, well, look how sad her life was. And like, on that note, like they really shat on Sunny.
0: They did, but they had that one line that was like, are we making him seem too mean? And then she was like, he's dead, so I
1: guess it's fine now. I'm like, um, <laughs> is it though? Because
0: you, you seem pretty
1: salty two minutes ago.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, speaking of Sunny, I'm gonna jump ahead to the second act. Um, so, spoiler alert, Sunny dies, Yeah, and they do um, Baby Don't Go, which I thought actually that whole scene was really well done because she basically, like, recites some of the eulogies she gave at Sunny's funeral. She's like, I mean, I know you were like kind of an asshole, but like you did give me this life or whatever. It's like a really, I almost cried because that was just like a really nice moment between the two and sort of gave some closure to that relationship. Yes, he was terrible, but also he did get her started and give her so much and like was willing to be the butt of the joke every time and all that. Also, just while we're talking about Sunny, uh, Jared Spector does a really good job of playing him. He said, quote, Sonny leads with his crotch a lot. And so that was like kind of the physical <laughs> <laughs> characteristics that he yeah. tried to embody. And wow. they're like, he has a lot of confidence for a guy who's like so short. So he's got huge balls. Um, and He's
1: played Frankie Valley before.
0: Yeah, so he was I think the longest Frankie Valley on Broadway and then he wow. originated Barry Mann in Beautiful. Lots of opportunities for short boys. Yeah. And then he likes nice. he's originating Sunny. So he's basically like the short jukebox musical nasal singing Go guy. To. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. So Jared Specter. Short. Whatever. Um so here's the thing. Like he's like really cool, but pretty normal looking and Mm -hmm. didn't you tell me that when Cher met him he was she was like real Cher like real live living today Cher met him she was like Sonny never looked this good yeah
0: I think it was just because he had abs that is
1: so rude she seems like not over it
0: (laughs) because there's this interview with um all three of the actresses that play Cher and with um, Jared Spector and uh, I think it's Teal Wicks who plays Lady who was like we gotta mention this because Jared won't mention it, but like, Cher is obsessed with him. Every time she sees him, she's like, "Sunny never looked this good." She's always wants to be like, "Jared, what do you think?" And all of that because there is this one scene where he's like shirtless, and she was like,
1: Aww.
0: "He never had abs or something like that." <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, that's that's a thing apparently. Yeah, And then in the second act, you get, like, a hint of, like, two of Cher's other male lovers, I guess. Like, one became her husband, and that was Greg Ullman, and they do this, like, country song which i actually thought was super excessive she like meets him in a bar and she's like oh i'm done with guys for a while and he like convinces her to go out with him or something and then next thing you know they're married and she's pregnant and they're trying to revive like the sunny and Cher show and she's like it'll be funny we're like exes and like they'll laugh at us and we're just gonna have like all three of us on tv and like everyone will think it's hilarious and then it like flopped super hard oh that was dumb Why? yeah <laughs> yeah I was like, "Why would you think that?" And then Sunny and Greg like had like a dueling match, basically, where they sang like "Dark Lady" about how um Cher should be with them instead of the other one. Which "Dark Lady," I didn't even care what they were singing. That's an incredible number with this one um solo dancer, Ashley Blair Fitzgerald, and she is amazing. Like that dance number alone made the second act worth staying. Yeah, the snake dancing. Yeah. Literally the highlight of the show, right? But it's like this like mixture between like almost gymnastics and like dancing. There were a lot of guys like throwing her around, and her just like shooting them down and stuff.
1: There, it was like some trapeze looking shit. Yeah, on. it was. She was
0: very flexible. Like, she was incredible. Um, she did win the Cheetah Rivera Award for that. So that here's the nice. thing:
1: Alice kept telling me that it was teal. And I was like, it's not
0: teal. Gypsy
1: music till done.
0: Also, since we're on teal, um, a slight sidebar here, but I don't think teal gets enough credit. Like, everyone's either obsessed with Stephanie J. Block, who, like, she gets the best parts, she gets the heaviest parts, so, like, I mean, that's, she definitely deserves that recognition, and she's the one that has a Tony nomination. Or everyone's obsessed with Michaela Diamond, who is also amazing because, like, she was literally, like, a week out from going to college when she booked the show, and she's like, never mind, I'm just going to go to Broadway instead. Um, so she's, like, 20, wow. I think. And my favorite, honestly. Like, and maybe it's just because I like the character of Lady so much, but I th- feel like Teal really handled the emotional highs and lows of Lady really well. And, like, I just really like Teal. <laughs> yeah same
1: i wrote to you specifically at nine forty nine p.m during intermission i wrote the middle share was hot as hell though yeah
0: yeah and she, she also is. she like works it super well like like the moment yeah. she steps on as lady and she's like i'm gonna take it from here like just oh she's amazing <laughs> and mm-hmm. so yeah there are your three shares Day block they're does good and the they best.
1: really get her voice down. Oh, like yeah. Cher is a hard person to do a jukebox musical for because with stuff like Summer it's like she's a good singer but she has like a pretty standard voice.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, And Cher doesn't and they managed to find three people that were good singers, good actors, could do her voice.
0: Yeah, whoever and they're was um, if they had like a dialect coach or something like they're amazing because they really mm-hmm. managed to get that down. And it's really almost bizarre when they're all three of them are singing together because they sound so similar. And it's like, this is just like yeah. Cher singing back up for Cher. And even yep. when you listen to the cast recording, I like can't tell them apart a lot of the time. I'm like, I don't know who's singing this solo line. Like, I just can't tell at all. So they really did a good job with that.
1: Yeah, and they're trying to play the same person. So it's perfect and amazing. Oh. That was something that really impressed me for sure, because I didn't know that if they were going to able... To pull that off, yeah. Pride's like a knife, it
0: can cut deep inside. Words are like whales, they wound sometimes. I didn't really mean to hurt you. Oh, The Beat Goes On, I think, was the single best narrative scene of the whole show. Like, if Dark Lady is the, just the best scene to watch, um, I think The Beat Goes On takes the best narrative scene. because
1: What happens there? I
0: don't remember. <laughs> so that one is the one where they go through her whole Hollywood career in, like, six minutes. And so, basically, mm. she goes to do a play on Broadway... And she's like, I'm gonna do acting now because no one likes my songs anymore. But then she gets picked up by um, a movie studio and she does a movie, and a, like, Star is the original one doing all this. And then she tells Babe, she's like, This was our dream. Like, why don't you tell this story? To sort of bring in that like childhood dream back in, I guess, which I actually thought was a nice touch. And then they go through like her movie career up to her like presenting at the Oscars and then finally winning her Oscar. And they have, like, her outfits for each of one. They have this little elevator in the middle of the stage where, like, Star comes up just dressed in whatever costume Cher wore for the Oscars and then says some quippy one-liner and then, like, goes back down to change to, like, the next Oscars costume. And in the meantime, Babe is on stage, like, dancing with the rest of the ensemble, singing The Beat Goes On. And she's also an incredible dancer, by the way. Like, Michaela Diamond did really well in that number. Choreography is by Chris Gatelli. So I thought that was just a really well-staged number. Like, at least for me, I'm not as interested in her movie career. There's no need to, like, reenact the movie on stage. So I thought that was a good choice. That's, like,
1: like I would have cared about her movie career if they actually depicted it in a way that made us care. I think that, like, still goes back to, like, the structure of the show and everything because I thought it was kind of... Petty because she was like, Oh, I'm so sad mm-hmm. that they don't think I'm a real actor. I'm like, Well, I'm sorry. Like, you've never acted. <laughs> and then she was like, And then I got an Oscar nom. So, like, fuck all of you guys. And I was like, Okay, like that seems kind of petty. And then, like, the whole time it was literally just like she was wronged. And then she was so talented that she rose right. above it. But, like, we again didn't get to see her growth we didn't see how she went from this first movie to actually winning the oscars like the whole thing was just like people pulling her down and then she was like mm-hmm. and even still i right. thrived which is like good for I you mean, but, i guess like, when you do as many care. things as share
0: does you have to like zip through some of them they didn't
1: pick a highlight and you know what her music career was really not the highlight they barely talked about her music career
0: I feel like they tried to make it the highlight, but they spent too much time on the Variety show and on her men that they couldn't. Yeah, like, if I didn't know Cher, I'd be like, oh, she's a comic. And I think not going into her movie career was a good choice, also because it came so late in her career. And it also, though, I didn't even know she had an Oscar because she has an Oscar, a Grammy and um, an Emmy. But they don't mention the Grammy or the Emmy at all either which is interesting considering that I feel like they tried to emphasize the music career the most, which they still didn't really do. Cher won't be on Broadway anymore. That was fast. Why? What happened? Because there's Mike Nichols standing at the door. Did you say Mike Nichols? Uh-huh. And he offers me a movie role. Uh-huh. In Silkwood. And the beat goes on. Not in that code, It doesn't. Oh, it's gone. And then, I guess the last thing is just the ending. Um, they do a mega mix, which is always a great way to get your audience hyped. In the like for bows in a jukebox musical, which I just thought that part was fun. That was great. <laughs> yeah, it was a very like energized show, and they have the um... curtain call change. Which, as we've mentioned, is just like a baller move.
1: I don't remember this. This is so long ago. These are the very hungover
0: because it was New Year's Day. <laughs> these are the white outfits that they have in all the pictures with like the fur boots and stuff.
1: And it's like feathery. Uh, I think I do remember.
0: Also, the whole ensemble gets like a curtain call outfit, I think. But I might be remembering that wrong. Mm, I, I really think they do. And I texted you after the show and I was like, "Well, first act was like a 4, but second act was like a 7. So I guess I'd say overall I'd put this at a 6 out of 10." Cuz I really did enjoy the second act. Like the second act almost made me want to go back and see it again.
1: Okay, rank these 3 shows: Beautiful Summer and The Share Show.
0: I think The Share Show comes out on top.
1: And then really? and then
0: Beautiful and then Summer. I think I would put
1: Share Show at the bottom. Actually, coming out I told alice that i liked share more than summer and she was like you're crazy (laughs) um and then like two days later i was like i agree with you now
0: with summer is that i feel like it was less of a jukebox musical and more of a review of her songs it's like a concert yeah and so like if you're talking about it in the context of a jukebox musical where you actually learn about their life and like get a story then i think share definitely comes out on top of summer
1: I think it has to do with that. I like Summer's music a little more, uh-huh. but
0: she had a life. She had a life. Yeah. But also, and like, they Cher didn't get into the interesting parts just... of Summer's life in that show. I know,
1: but they still got into some interesting stuff. I don't know a single thing that characterizes Cher besides that she wanted to spend more time with her kids. <laughs> like, I literally just don't know.
0: Yeah. I don't I just the second act worked so well for me like it hit all the emotional beats it like flowed so well just was so different and like the three shares really worked for me in the second act whereas the first act they just like kind of I was like they could have done this with one or like two if they really wanted to but three is just unnecessary but then in the second act I was like okay three is good Summer really should have just been done in one but I guess maybe it would have been too hard on the actress playing her to be singing for that much Maybe that's the real reason why they keep doing this. And Rick Ellis mentioned that like this whole three person thing is like a super old dramatic trope, like dating back to the first performance of like Oedipus Rex, where Oedipus was played by like three actors or something. So it's not just some shit that people made up recently. I'm you know what? Just just sing. <laughs> just do the full show.
1: You'll live. People have. Stephanie J. Block did Alphaba. I'm pretty sure she can sing the full show.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For this one, I feel like it was less of a vocal restriction and more of a just trying to get into the psychology of Cher.
1: I just don't see any justification for either. Like, I don't know. I don't know what about it bothers me so much, but it just, like, ruins the flow of the show, Mm -hmm. I guess. I don't know. Like, I actually can't pinpoint it. Let me think about this. So I actually don't know if I even agree that Act 2 is better because I feel like this whole, like, her breakup and then her new boyfriends and then her movie career was done, like, so rushed and weird that I actually had more fun when she was doing mm-hmm. comedy with Sunny. Because at least that part
0: was, like, actually laugh right. out loud. Fun. Yeah. I just think the structure of second act was so much better. I felt I felt more emotions in the second act, but I do agree that the first act is probably more fun, just between the comedy and like the costume show and like the songs and stuff. But yeah. Oh, fun fact: Cher yeah. was the first person that used AutoTune, so that's why they mentioned it in there. Like she popularized AutoTune in believe. Oh, right. So that was like a thing.
1: Oh, so it's not that guy, that um, that DJ guy. What's that guy? Mm-hmm. T Pain. Oh. Um. Yeah, he had yeah. an AutoTune app. And, and anytime someone makes jokes about auto, jokes about autotune it's T-Pain yeah. isn't it? I don't know but um,
0: yeah there was this um, the main reason I know even though this was like I think fairly famous when it happened is because there's this other podcast called Switched on Pop and they do like deep dives into pop songs and they did this whole episode on autotune and they titled the episode in Do You Believe in Life After Autotune and I thought that was funny
1: <laughs> that is funny so
0: all. Oh, do you believe in life after life? But also, another fun fact, Cher is the only person to have had a number one song every decade for the past six decades.
1: Damn. She's been She's singing for a while. has been lot. going on. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's wow. a Cher show. I mean yeah obviously she's super cool very successful and talented and so are the actors there's just things that need to be
0: fixed okay so this only got three tony nominations and that was for stephanie j Block as star um bob mackie for costumes and lighting design for kevin adams which i feel like all three are fairly well deserved so i don't have any issues there
1: yeah I mean, I think, like, the cast was really solid. I'm actually surprised there weren't any more noms. I think the main thing is just with the Mm -hmm. book. I just, I really feel like maybe if actual Cher stepped away from the book, we could have gotten somewhere. Because it's hard to write about yourself. Yeah. And that's not, like, hating on her. It's just, it's hard to write about yourself. So... Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I think that was also what Jersey Boys did really well. Was um, so we mentioned the book is by Rick Ellis and he co-wrote it with Marshall Brickman. But the way they did Jersey Boys was because there's four of them. They like interviewed each one separately, and they so they got like four different viewpoints of their story. The actual like four seasons were like, yeah, we're not gonna get involved in this because it would be too subjective if we got involved. So like we'll just tell you our story, and then we'll trust you enough to like do with it what you need to do, okay, which I, I think then- was a great move.
1: Yes, but that I think the main thing there is still that there were four people. Right. Because – so here's the thing. In a case like Jersey Boys where they get four points of view and then they, like, clash them because if you haven't seen Jersey Boys, they each narrate a portion of the show. And in all the parts, like, the person that's narrating is like, I made this band. Like, ha-ha, you're welcome. <laughs> you know? And, like, because they all say it and it's done, like, comedically – as an audience member you're like yeah like this is like satirical and they're just like look at these guys swing their dicks around you know um and it's like funny and you don't hate on them you're like well yeah like you guys are super famous of course you all think that you did something like good for you but then when you only have one person and you do the same thing then it's just like all right you're the shit clap clap Okay.
0: Also cuz um like I kind of mentioned earlier when you only have one person you just only care about that one person like I know like Sunny was a huge part of like the Sunny and Cher show and stuff but we were just like all right Sunny can leave now like he's just like dead weight like just get rid of him but when you have four people all telling their own viewpoint you're pretty invested in all four people you're like I just want you guys to like be friends and like get along so it's just like different Emotional yeah. response from the audience, I think. On. Every
1: single time I've seen Jersey Boys, I've really like liked a different band member. <laughs> so, and I think that's like part of its charm because it's not trying to lean you one way or the other. Right. It would have been awesome. Like, obviously, they can't interview Sonny, but I mean, the way that this show is structured, I don't know if they would have if he were alive. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there were other people that they could talk to and share his life. They really should have interviewed Bob Mackie.
0: Well, he was like, in like he worked on the show, so they must have talked yeah, to him about like, some stuff. But they should have like incorporated his
1: point of view mm-hmm. or what he saw, or just like anyone else that was so critical to Cher's career, um, they should have done. But I guess like if she was working so closely, like she probably wanted to censor more things. Like, I don't know, but right. they they really could have done with like yeah more points of view
0: oh, yeah so the director of Jersey Boys is Des McAnuff and then he also did Ain't Too Proud this year so maybe that's why it's like I mean everyone I've talked to has basically called it like Jersey Boys light or like if you like Jersey Boys you'll like Ain't Too Proud like there's a lot of comparisons to Jersey Boys they also have the same choreographer as Jersey Boys and it looks like they kind of have similar choreography but maybe a little oh, more athletic but I mean and how can you <laughs> but, ever get tired of know. the choreography in <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: Jersey Boys <laughs>
0: I love it. It's like not even real choreography. It's just like rhythmic stepping, but it's so great. Yeah. It's uh, great. It's kind of emasculating and I love it.
1: Yeah. There's something about synchronized boys. Yeah, man. What is ever going to beat Jersey boys? <sighs>
0: Okay, so I did want to talk a little bit about what what we should expect from a jukebox musical. If, like, for a magical reason, any producers of jukebox musicals are like, listening to us, like, what should they do right? Because also, um, if you've been following the next Broadway season, like the 2019-2020 season, currently the only new musicals coming in are all jukebox musicals that have been yeah. officially announced with dates and like a theater. And so we're going to get a lot of these. Like, we're getting the Tina Turner musical. We're getting Moulin Rouge. We're getting Jagged Little Pill, which uses the songs of Alanis Morissette, but has a original story. So we're getting three Dick Rocks musicals. Two of them do have, like, original-ish stories. Like, they're not bio musicals. So that could be interesting. But also, whoever has, like, an original musical, like, Tony category for best score is literally wide open right now. So... Get on it. (laughs) Let's write something. But (laughs) what do we want to see from jukebox musicals?
1: I think a lot of it isn't even that different from normal musicals. Like, treat it like an original book. Um, Like, write it like you don't expect the audience to know what's happening. And write it like you want the audience to really connect with the characters.
0: I think... In some senses, the ones with original stories have worked better. I mean, Head Over Heels, we mentioned, was kind of a mess of a story, but, like, it was a thing. With the bio-musicals, they're always, like, shoehorned between, like, pleasing the people who are either too close to them, like in the case of of Donna Summer, where um, I think she had her, like, family members working on the show, or, like, the people who are, like, actually still alive, and just, like, just doing fan service. And so... I think a way to approach it could just be pretending it's an original musical, but the story that you write is the story of the person, which I don't know if that makes any sense.
1: Okay. You know how we always talk about where like, oh, after Jersey Boys, our favorite jukebox musical might be Uh Motown um okay but if you think about how motown was done it's actually quite different because they didn't have a lot of songs that were integrated into the plot they actually kind of like had the plot and then they had like literal like just like motown reenactments Mm -hmm. of concerts and stuff where it's just like it was basically just like a Motown concert
0: for two and a half hours
1: yeah it was a concert with like scenes in between um so if motown's like our second favorite jukebox musical it
0: doesn't even really come close yeah no it's like if Jersey Boys is at like 10 Motown is at like 5 I think maybe 6 I actually okay I think I might have enjoyed watching Share Show more than Motown though because Motown for me was super forgettable like I remember enjoying it but I like I just remember Barry Gordy and Smokey Robinson like build a record label Barry Gordy like just meets Diana Ross and like immediately falls in love and then there's Michael Jackson as a child at the end. And that is, like, basically the only things I could tell you about the Motown musical.
1: I really don't think Cher was better than I Motown. think it
0: worked for me because, like, since the songs were integrated into the book, it did enhance the book, though. Like, and it enhanced the overall experience. Because I don't think Motown was poorly written, but I don't think it was particularly well written. like, Beautiful I had a much better book. I just didn't. I just thought her story was boring. Like, and it wasn't this... More
1: boring than this. More boring than I have no time with my kids because my husband... Yeah, because their musical
0: me? numbers weren't as fun. But, like... And I think yeah. it was maybe just because I didn't I like Carol King's King music more. that much. Um, but Carol King had an
1: I want. And you knew it mm-hmm. the whole time. And Cher was just like, I think I need to make money because my husband ditched me. So I'm just going to ping pong around different worlds of entertainment and just... We'll figure it out. I honestly, from beginning to the very, very end, did not know what Cher wanted. Doesn't she say she wants to be famous like the whole time? but like not that's literally like she literally says in the beginning she's like i'm
0: gonna be famous i don't know how i'm gonna be famous i'm just gonna be fucking famous one day
1: yeah but you don't know why like i don't care if she's famous or not when she says that like i want to care and like even when you were saying how like she like when starshare calls Babe babeshare back up to like talk about her dream that's like the first time when i was like oh like this is cute like yeah she's been dreaming about this but like at no point am i like i really want Mm sure to get this that bothers me like i wanted carol king to succeed the whole time because like i really felt you know she was like i'm so down i got this like you
0: know and then like you never get also i feel like jukebox musicals in general if they're making a jukebox musical about you you have succeeded like and so it does kind of give away the ending in that sense i don't want to know that but no but like even carol king starts out with her already like all of these musicals start out with them already successful like carol king starts out with her at Carnegie yeah, hall yeah but like do like, call back um, to it imagine if like your
1: 40 year old self came back to you every day and was like christine you're gonna be a billionaire you'd be like all right fuck it it doesn't work like it's just so yeah. weird it definitely like demotivates
0: you. But I think you. the difference between Carol King and Jersey Boys for me is that like Carol King, because we know she's going to be successful, and we know like her only goal was to like be a songwriter and like write songs and like that stuff. And we know because like everyone above like forty has listened to Carol King through their childhood. And but then for Jersey Boys, like because they had so much conflict within the group, it's like how did they survive all this conflict? Okay, here's the thing.
1: Um, there's something in Carol King and Cher that are actually very similar, which um, is don't date your coworkers. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. But here's the thing: like when Cher lost Sunny, and when Carol lost her husband, whatever that Dick's name was, what was his name? And also, like, like Beautiful actually made you really not like him, and it felt very justified. Yeah. Unlike Sunny and Cher, but anyways, like it should have, they should have really. Dove into how devastating it was because they lost the love of their life and like the perfect partner to their career, mm-hmm. like both of them.
0: I mean, but I think they like undercut that just because she
1: was like, "Oh, we're still friends. We're still working together." No, she didn't have to hate on him. What she still did, she could have just like, like just really like dug into like the emotions of that mm-hmm. because I feel like the whole show is very detached um in beautiful when they sang that song oh it was really good the one that where she was like i sleep until noon just to pass the time or whatever
0: oh i don't remember which one that is do you
1: know that one like that was probably that was my probably one of my favorite songs um i really felt that yeah i felt a lot more like emotionally connected to carol king Stayed in bed all morning just to pass the time. There's something wrong here that can be no denying. One of us is changing, or maybe we just stop trying. And it's too late,
0: baby, now it's too
1: late. But we really
0: did try. To- I just, her story never moved me, really. I And I don't know why, because I was like, it should. Like, she had this, like, teenage pregnancy. She, like, managed to have this successful career with, like, her asshole of a husband. And so I don't know why it didn't, like, affect me as much. but I liked
1: it. And I would be extremely, extremely shocked if Cher ran like oh that. Oh, no, I don't long. think it's
0: going to run. Like... I actually don't even understand why beautiful still running besides the fact that they keep like stunt casting maybe but even then it's like I think it's
1: good. I don't think it's like
0: 6 years good. I don't know if it's 6 years good but I think it's good. I mean like it's a fine show but it's so like it's like the prom of bio-musicals, except with less sparkle. No like like the prom of like musicals where it just like hits all the marks and it's like fine. Yeah, yeah. I guess so, yeah. But it it never like elevates it to the next level for me. Like I had way more fun at Motown than at Beautiful, even though I can't remember like any of the plot points of Motown.
1: I think that's because Motown's songs. Yeah, I I think improving. so too. But
0: um, <laughs> and like their production value was like different.
1: What's the show recently that you were like? My friends were like, we expected this to be deeper, but it was just fun.
0: Oh, that was Be More Chill. Ah,
1: see, I feel like that's what shares like. Okay. Like, I want it to have moved me, but it was just
0: fun. I think that's an apt comparison.
1: Yeah. Like, especially if you like Share, I think it's a really fun show. Share
0: Show is meant for Share fans.
1: Yeah. Much like Summer. You can tell, like, the moment you walk into the theater, you're like, I'm
0: dealing with Summer. (laughs) crazy fan people that we sat next to they were like like literally the lights went down and they're like yeah Donna, go Donna!" it's like no one's even on stage yet like okay
1: yeah i'm like this isn't a concert are you aware Uh, but also i get so excited during jersey boys now that everyone's judging me (laughs) actually like literally like alice and i was sitting next to like proper old people (laughs) (laughs) like proper grandmas and I was way more excited than they were and they just looked over at me like who is this 20 year old that is freaking <laughs> out about Frankie Valley? is she
0: okay <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that actually happens a lot in Ain't Too Proud also we're like people are just like dancing and like singing along and stuff and so this is also sort of brought up another question about like jukebox musicals is like How much should you be allowed to, like, sort of show your appreciation, I guess? And Mm -hmm. my opinion is that you shouldn't be singing along. You can sort of, like, dance in your seat as long as you're not, like, bothering other people. But I hate, like, breaking up the flow of a song for, like, applause and, like, then you can't hear afterwards, like, what they're doing on stage, which could be super cool still. But also, like, people mentioned, oh, like, if people stick too rigidly towards the you can only plot at this time kind of thing, then it can kind of suck the fun out of it so but i don't know i feel like i feel like there's. it's still theater it's not a concert if you want a concert of just the songs just go to a tribute band broadway is still telling a story they're still actors they're trying to tell the story of these people they're not trying to be these stand-ins for this pe- these people
1: i'm like pretty anal about stuff like this like honestly i don't like people that clap or scream too much during concerts even mm-hmm. like i get it like oh it's like a celebration of this artist whatever but like i'm there to hear him yeah. sing like different shows and like the audience demographic is actually really interesting yeah. to feel out um like fucking hello dolly <laughs>
0: <laughs> man those people were so happy at the overture all right closing thoughts or yeah um i mean i definitely like share show way more than you did i think it's just fun to see if just Enter the lottery. It's super easy to win. I
1: would place it, like, above Be More Chill, but below Beetlejuice. Okay. Is there anything else that should go in between this season? I can't remember um, everything. I still think, like, I mean, I haven't seen him too proud, but I think, like, top three as Hades Town, see Prom yeah. sounds pretty right to
0: that, me. I just, all these people are talking about how, like, maybe the prom will, like, be a dark horse to win the best musical tony and i'm like i don't know who these delusional people are but i just cannot see a world where hadestown does not win and i haven't even seen that show yet
1: but then remember when ben brantley and jesse green said that the prom should win? yeah
0: they just really like the prom and i just don't see why
1: you know what guys Tune in at some time in the future for
0: much better <laughs> predictions.
1: Than yeah, so Times.
0: this is our last normal episode of this season. Um, but we will be putting together a Tony prediction episode. Um, which it'll be sometime before 8 p.m. Eastern on June 9th, which is when the Tonys air. So just if you subscribe to us, you'll get notified when that happens. And it'll be great.
1: Yeah, do that. It'll be fun. I mean,
0: honestly we've seen a fuck ton of shows this year so we might know a few things we might give like quick shout outs to some plays since we haven't mentioned plays at all Um, might talk about revivals for a hot second (laughs) so make sure you're subscribed to us wherever you're listening to this and then we'll also post on our twitter where you can follow us at Bottomless Way and keep in touch with us and if you have any questions or comments feel free to always email us at bottomlessbway at gmail.com so just keep an eye out. I don't know what our schedule is anymore for posting things, but there you go.
1: We've kind of we stuck to a schedule still. We've stuck but. to some Tuesdays as a schedule. We've actually, yeah, but it's... It's always, always been, been on been Tuesday, Tuesday nights, but so. yeah. Yeah. Well, anywho, thanks for listening, guys. All right. We will see you soon. Bye. Bye.
0: Bye.